everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Dylan James, Out of Bounds. JT is across the table from me. It's good to be back at the table once again. We went on a little bit of a break again, but we're here. We're here now. We're here to record a show. We're here to talk about sports, and we are so glad you joined us. A lot of things are happening, JT. Football is now back on our television sets for the rest of the year. Oh, man, I'm so excited, Dylan. We got NFL football, even though it's preseason. We haven't seen football in, what, six months? So it's good to see football back on television. We got college football starting up in a few weeks. So very excited about that as well. And Dylan, I mean, I know we've been gone for almost a month, but we've been catching up on a lot of sports stuff recently. And as we look at Dylan's window, uh, there's people stuck on I-4 right now. So, guys, what are you doing? Get, get your phones out. Get your get phone out. Podcast and listen to our show. Exactly. Just tune in on Tune In Radio. Tune in on iHeartRadio. Tune in on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, everywhere. We're everywhere, and we want you to listen to us. Definitely, Dylan. Well, had a busy day at work today, but I got to try the the Chicken Guy place, the new place that opened up at, at Disney Springs. Disney Springs by Planet Hollywood, and it's it's legit, Dylan. The it's new really good. Guy Fieri restaurant, mm-hmm. and the chicken looks like Guy Fieri in the yeah, logo. Yeah, the logo, yeah, it's great. It but looks Dylan, really good. How was your week, man? Or month, I guess. How was going on? <laughs> it's been going good. I mean, I we've just been working a lot. I've been working six days a lot. Me but too. Hey, good money though. It's good money for us, so oh, I don't yeah. mind that. Um, Ann Bailey just started her master program at, at University, at of, University Florida. of Florida. All right. This weekend was her orientation, so she is actually heading back now from Gainesville. So um, she's excited. She's kind of nervous because it's going to be a lot of work. But, you know, it's a two-year program. I think she'll be able to get through it all right. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, so she's excited. I've been, I've been just working. And actually I'm on a softball team, too. We have a finance softball team that she – Signed me up for since she did so much for our team last season. So I'm actually playing uh, the majority of the games for this team this season. So we'll see how that goes as well. And I'll keep you updated on all the scores and things of that nature as the season progresses. But all's, all's good. All's really good. So anyway, let's start off with some sports news. Let's head on into the NFL. Week one of the preseason just ended. And there were some pretty good games. Um, speaking of the tight, uh, speaking of good games, the Titans played. They actually had showed some very, very good glimpses during the game. Marcus Mariota was only out on the field for one drive, but during that he drive, got a touchdown though. He got a touchdown though. He was two of three for forty-two yards, and he also had a very, very nice throw to Nick Williams. Williams had a great reception for a thirty-eight yard gain, and I mean they're looking good so far. They're, I mean, the players are looking good. The players have a good feeling about the locker room. And they love the new coach. They love the new coaching staff. It just seems like everything is going right for the Titans right now. Hopefully, it will translate to success in the regular season. Hopefully, Marcus Mariota stays healthy. But as long as he stays healthy, I think that he'll be fine. Um, but looking at the quarterbacks we actually have on the roster, we have Blaine Gabbert now, too. He's the backup as of right now. He was 9 of 15 for 75 yards. But we also have Luke Falk. And Falk actually played pretty well, even though it was mostly garbage time. But still... He was 10 of 19, 105 yards and a touchdown. So he's actually looking pretty good too. They say that he might be the quarterback steal of the draft this season. So it's good to have a Luke Falk on your roster just in case things 
go awry, and they have gone awry with the Titans in the past few seasons. So hopefully things like that don't happen. Hopefully Marcus stays on the field so we don't have to look at our backup quarterbacks. Sorry, Blaine. Sorry, Luke. But hey, it's looking good so far. Hey, Luke, it turned out really good. I mean, look what happened to Jimmy Garoppolo last year. So if he steps up and fills in, if Marcus Merritt has any downtime and does well, hey, teams will give us players or our draft picks for him. And Titans, it's a win-win. We get money anyways for that return on that draft pick. So Titans, you know, it's preseason, getting the rust out. But as they start trimming the roster, each week goes by, it's going to get better and better for the Titans. A lot. Of the, I expect Dylan the AFC South to be very competitive. Of course, as you know the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck is back now, and he looked pretty good in that preseason opener. Jacksonville Jaguars. I know they lost. Boo hoo. But <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, they had shocked the world last year, just beating teams, beating the Steelers, getting deep in the playoffs when no one expected. The question with the Jaguars, Dylan, at least from what I can see, is Blaine Gabbert had Blaine Gabbert. I was going to say Blaine Gabbert, too. It's fine. He's, Blake, he's been there, but he's not playing there right now. He's playing for the Titans. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles, yes, sir. <laughs> Can the Jaguars get what they got out of him last year, or is that all they could? That's my question for the Jaguars. I, mean, I don't even think they have to get what they got out of him last year. They have to get more than what they got out of him last year because Blake Bortles was a serviceable quarterback last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's one of those quarterbacks that it just – I have a feeling it was just one of those years that it's kind of like a Kerry Collins kind of year to where you go 13-3, and three and then the next season, you're trash. But, you know, that's just me. And again, it's me being a Titans fan saying this about the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I think Blake Bortles will have to do more than he did last year. He can't just rely on his de- defense to make plays for him this season. So hopefully that does happen for them. Um, in our case, hopefully it doesn't happen for them that much um, so that we actually win the AFC South this year. But like you said, there's a lot of competition. Houston Texans have Deshaun Watson back. Deshaun Watson looked pretty good in his, in his first game. And we know preseason. Houston's got a good defense. So that's why I, I think, Dylan, the AFC South is going to be a very, very competitive, up and down, going to go straight down. But the Titans will be competitive. And a lot of people are projecting the Titans are will either make the wild card like we did this year and or we if we if things go right in our favor, our schedule because our schedule is not too difficult. We could win the, the division, so that's even better. So I, I agree. I mean, Blake Bortles got to step it up, but I believe uh, Marcus Mariota. He's got to stay healthy, do a lot better, a little bit better controlling the ball like he did last year. And I think the Titans. We got good receivers. We got our defense all situated. The coach, the new coach, can take the time to learn the system. But I think Dylan, the Titans are going to do pretty well. One team that. A lot of people were not maybe expecting too much out of was Baltimore Ravens. Of course, coming into the season, they had a lot of drama with Joe Flacco and going into his contract year. Of course, they got RG3. RG3, surprisingly, has done pretty well. I know he's been out for a year, but the past those two preseason games he's played, he's done actually pretty well. Got a touchdown, and of course, you got Lamar Jackson still in there learning the system. And then, of course... The Washington Redskins, Dylan, uh, they really had a week on uh, the preseason to forget. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and, uh, you know, their, their first-round pick um, coming out of this year's draft goes down with an ACL tear, tear for the rest of the season. He's out. Yeah, guys. Yeah. I mean, that just that, back. that's Ugh. awful ACL. news for that team. And then they also lost a wide receiver, too, I believe. Yeah, they did. They did. It's just one of those things that it was – Adding insult to injury at that point, um, missing two players like that, 
And now, I mean, there's question marks there, too. I mean, they just got to figure out what's going on and, and who they can fill the void with. But, you know, I, I think that they'll bounce back. I think they'll be fine. But um, with the ACL tear, you know, with Geis, I think that with Geis being in college, he actually had an injury with his knee in college. And they didn't decide to do surgery on that knee. So there's speculation that it was probably something attributed to that knee injury he had before because it was the same exact knee he had the ACL tear in. So um, terrible news for the start of his career. Hopefully this does not not, um, start an RG3 effect to where it just ruins his career. Although RG3 is trying to make a comeback with the Baltimore Ravens. And like you said, he's played pretty well for the Ravens so far. So... We'll see if he can continue that trend moving forward into the season because he'll be the backup for Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's got that starting position pretty locked down. Definitely, uh, I mean, come on. He went to the Super Bowl. I mean, they're going to keep him in the starting position. And also, I mean, they said that he's looked impeccable in practice so far. Uh, so I, I, they say that he's got a lot of zip on the ball. He's been very, very accurate during training camp. So uh, Joe Flacco might have a really good year this season in Baltimore, but we just have to find out to see how good of a season he'll have. Well, one quarterback, Dylan, that had a great week in the preseason after week one, Sam Darnold, the quarterback for the New York Jets. He was 13 out of 18, had 96 passing yards, had a touchdown. I mean, he looked really good in that game. And, of course, he's competing against Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown. Josh McCown basically saved my fantasy team last year, but it's going to be a quarterback competition. But Sam Darnold, I think he's making a case – I mean, I know it's only one game, but he's making a case that, hey, uh, Bulls, you should look at me as the coach or the coach, the quarterback for week one of the opening day. But, opening you, day. but you look at also Teddy Bridgewater's numbers. He was seven of eight and a touchdown. So Teddy's looking good, too. I, I think he's looking accurate. He's looking good. Um, we didn't really even think this was going to happen to where he'd be on a football field again, playing at a high caliber. And so hopefully it continues to be that way um, because, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is a great, a great kid, a great football player. I think he has a lot of potential, and, I mean, it was just tragic to see what happened to him in Minnesota um, with his injury and things of that nature, but it's great to see that he's actually having another shot at getting um, a roster spot uh, on that team. He'll definitely be with the team throughout the year, at, at least as the backup, if nothing else. Um, but I think that Teddy definitely will show some good things as well, and we'll see if Sam can beat out Teddy for the starting position. I I think that we'll see a lot more in the next few weeks. Speaking of Minnesota, the Vikings, Dylan, absolutely crushed the Denver Broncos this past week, 42-28 in their preseason game. Kirk Cousins made his debut in Minnesota and, or excuse me, Denver. The game was in Denver. But uh, he looked really good, 4-4, perfect, and he had a touchdown. Uh, their backup, Trevor Simeon, who ironically was with the Broncos last year, uh, did pretty well. 11-17, had two touchdowns. And Kyle Sloter, he was 9 for 11, had a touchdown as well. The Broncos, their quarterbacks uh, kind of struggle. I mean, Chad Kelly was, even though he was, like you said, getting garbage time, was the only quarterback that was pretty stable in that position. So the Vikings look really good. And then, um, you know, the rushing game is going to be pretty good for the Vikings. And then uh, Rock Thomas, he had two touchdowns that game. And Stephon Diggs. For the Vikings, really critical that he's getting in there for the learning system for Kirk Cousins. So the Vikings, Dylan, they look good. Yeah, but guess who didn't look good? Case Keenum. One (laughs) of four, okay? One of four for five yards. What happened? 
What's happened so far? They it, paid it, him a lot of money. They paid him a lot of money, <laughs> yes. You know what? Even if he sits on the bench for this season, he's getting paid, man. Like, th- there's no reason. <laughs> if I were him, I would just sit on the bench. I'd ride the bench each and every single day and just teach these guys how to play quarterback. Chad Kelly did look good. I mean, he did throw an interception. But still, he threw two touchdowns. So, Mr. Irrelevant is coming in here, <laughs> making a case to be the starter for the Broncos. Oh, and yeah. Paxton Lynch is looking like a dweeb. Yeah. I mean, just not looking good at all. He wasn't looking good before. And it's because, I mean, he came from Memphis. He looked good at Memphis. And people were like, oh, my gosh, this is the this is going to be the new quarterback of the NFL. He's going to be fantastic. Blah, blah, blah. No, look at him now. He's awful. He keeps playing awful. And if he keeps playing awful, he's going to end up in the Alliance of American Football League. <laughs> he'll, he'll get there real quick. <laughs> he will. Definitely so. Uh, but one more game, preseason, we should recap, Dylan. Uh, the L.A. Chargers and the Arizona Cardinals, as your boy, Dylan, Josh Rosen, you know, the guy who got picked, and he said, I'm going to make those teams that pass to me pay. Well, this opening preseason, yeah, he did okay. I mean, 6 for 13. He didn't get a touchdown. Got four in passing yards. I mean, all right. But the quarterback that he has to beat is Sam Bradford. And Sam Bradford only played uh, a couple series. But, you know, it's his job to lose. So, let's see. you think Josh Rhodes is going to pick it up as preseason goes, make a challenge? Or you think... Sam Bradford's just going to hang on, at least for a few more weeks. I think Sam Bradford will still hang on as the starter there. Um, you know, Josh Allen, is a great, he's a good quarterback. He is. He has the right things. Um, he has the right tools to be a solid quarterback in the NFL. The question is, is he ready right now? Is he ready to play the quarterback position right now? And my answer to that question is no. Sam Bradford is the starter there. I think Sam Bradford has a lot of things to teach Josh Arnold moving forward because Sam Sam Bradford is a journeyman. I mean, he's been in several teams now and he's earned the starting position in all of those teams at one point or another. So that's saying something. Not only that, Dylan, Arizona seems to have this trend of, I don't know, Phoenix or whatnot, but they seem to bring the old quarterbacks, like the youth, like the fountain youth, like back. They did it with Kurt Warner and they tried, almost did it with uh, uh, Carson Palmer, and now trying to do the same thing with Sam Bradford. It's just interesting that they just keep going to Arizona. Yeah. They keep Something's going. there. They keep, <laughs> some, something's in the water there, and it, it's working uh, for these older quarterbacks. So we'll see if Sam Bradford can hold on. I think he will with the Cardinals, but um, I know somebody who's not going to get the starting position. It's Mike Glennon. He's not getting the starting position at all. No. No. He was, what, two for seven? He's just getting paid, though. Yeah. So he's getting yeah, money like, as well. So just <laughs> – Get it. Get your payday. Yeah, like Case Keenum, man. Make that money. Ride the bench. All right, Dylan. Well, let's talk about the training camp drama. The training camp drama was all these holdouts that's been going on. Julio Jones, Khalil Mack, Le'Veon Bell, and Earl Thomas for the Seahawks. So a lot of these these big-name players are holding out, Dylan. Uh, You think these teams are going to bend and give them a contract extension? Or they think they're going to hold out? Until, like, the first week of the season. I can already tell you, um, of those four names, Le'Veon Bell is not going to be with Pittsburgh Steelers next season. After this season, he's done. So, he doesn't really care what he's doing right now. He, I mean, he's going he's gonna to show up week one. He's already mad that uh, Todd Gurley got all that money for the Rams. Huge money. Huge money. But at the same time, you look at what he did with the Steelers. He has been the Steelers' offense 
the past few seasons being there. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, he's been a great compliment to Le'Veon Bell. He's passing the ball, things of that nature. But he does great as a running back. He does great as a wide receiver. He does great as everything on that team. So he is the offense. So there is a team out there, I'm sure, that would love his services. And that team will pay for him next season. I promise you that. He will pay more money. He'll get paid more money than any other running back that's in the league right now. Because he is that valuable to a team. And the Steelers, I mean, I don't know why they're not wanting to make him happy. Just make him happy because he is the reason why you are in the spot you're in right now. And I, I think it's a good spot you're in right now. I mean, you have been, been the most, one of the most productive offenses in the league the past three to five years now. So it's not Le'Veon Bell who's the issue in Pittsburgh. There are other things that are happening in Pittsburgh that are driving that team into the ground. And I think it's mostly defensively. Um, you know, they're, they need to fix things on defense more than offense. Because Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, they're not making mistakes. So I think they just need to change the defense. And I think that Le'Veon needs to get paid. Unfortunately, it's not going to be by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But looking at these other players that are holding out right now, who do you think is the key holdout that teams should be uh, the team should be worried about? Well, I think the one that's the most effective is for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, Julio Jones, I, I understand last year, the first half of the season, he kind of struggled, but he picked it up the second half of the season. He was one of the reasons why the, the Falcons did well made deep into the playoffs last year. So... Matt Ryan, he needs him. I know he's got running backs and other receivers, but nope, nobody can replace Julio Jones on that team. So they need him. Seattle with Earl Thomas, the Seattle will be all right. I know they don't have the Legion of Boom anymore on defense, but Seattle, their defense will be fine. In the NFC West, that's not very strong. I mean, they only have to worry about Arizona. I mean, I don't expect much from San Francisco. And, of course, you got the Rams. That's the other team they got to compete with, but they'll be okay. Khalil Mack... It's an interesting situation with the Raiders, what they're going to do with him. I've heard that they're looking at, they're shopping around with teams already. It's because I don't think they can make him happy. But out of all those teams, I think it's going to be most affected. To me, Dylan, it's clear it's Julio Jones. Okay, with the Falcons. I mean, yeah, Julio Jones has been a very, very good player for the Falcons. And, I mean, when Roddy White was there, Julio Jones was still the main back there in Atlanta. So once you're missing the main wide receiver there. Um, I mean, you know, there's not much more they can do, not much more that Matt Ryan can do with the wide receivers they have because they're not as good as Julio Jones. So he needs key pieces in that offense to be successful, and Julio Jones is the main key they're missing. So he definitely needs to come back um, the quickest. All right, Dylan. Well, I know we talked about the Jaguars earlier, but now we're going to talk about something a little different. So this was announced Right before we went on air, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Jalen Ramsey and Dante Fowler both got a one-week suspension. Something, I believe, from team-related rules or something like that, Dylan? Yeah, so what happened is Jalen Ramsey went after a reporter on Twitter because Dante Fowler had gotten to a scuffle in practice. He got suspended for one week because of that scuffle. And so Jalen Ramsey went after this wide receiver. I mean, this I'm sorry, this reporter um, on Twitter. And with the tweet the way it was, the team felt as though he did not um, 
have the team's best interest at heart when he wrote that tweet. So therefore, they decided to suspend him for one week. And he came out again and said, I still stand by my teammates. Um, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I'm still, you know, my dogs are the best or something like that. So, um, yeah, so they're suspended for one week because of this whole thing. Um, so with Jalen Ramsey, I mean, do you think that he's going to change the way he interacts with people on Twitter so that this doesn't happen again? Or do you think it's going to be a continuing problem? Man, these athletes on Twitter, I mean, I, I'm all for expressing yourselves, but sometimes you, you got to be a little careful when you say things. We already saw what happened with, uh, in the NBA with Isaiah Thomas, basically making fun of Cleveland, calling him a bleep hole, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you, you got to be careful. And then he had to apologize. So, I mean, Jalen Ramsey, what he's going to have to do, and Dante Fowler, just, you know, just apologize. Say, hey, I messed up. Shouldn't say what I said. You know, we'll move on and just don't make the same mistake. It's pretty much that simple, Dylan. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, so now we have Johnny Menzel. He is with the Alley Utes. Your boy. The CFL. And he didn't play very well in week one. But in week two, in, in his second game, he actually improved a little bit. He didn't throw four interceptions in one half, which is a good thing. Um, but they still lost. So do you think this whole experience, this experiment with Johnny Manziel with the Alouettes um, is working? I believe it's pronounced Alouettes. Alouettes. Whatever. But <laughs> it's okay. You're, you're <laughs> I French. was thinking about basketball. You're, I'm you're, sorry. Your French is a little rusty. The Alouettes. So. <laughs> the, the, the French Canadians, I'm sure, will forgive you. But, Alouettes. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, Dylan. When he got traded from Hamilton, Tiger Cats, to the Montreal Alouettes, a lot of people were buzzing because the Alouettes were really struggling. They're, 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 the quarterback they have, I think, was it Jeremy, no, Jeremiah Masoli, I think it was. Or maybe it was Hamilton. It was one of those teams. But their quarterbacks they had in Montreal were really struggling. So they were looking for a boost. They got his former coach, Mike Sherman, coaching that team who coached him at Texas A&M. So I think for him, it's taking him a while to get used to the system. Because in Canada, Dylan, their, their football is different than here in the NFL. So John Menzel is learning, but hey, he, he's improving, he, and he knows that. And he says, I just got to keep working harder, work harder in the training camp, work harder in the playbook, learn the plays, get to know my players, and eventually he's going to improve. And, you know, Montreal, they're at the bottom of the league right now, Dylan. They're just playing for pride, trying to get their season back on track. I don't think a lot of people are expecting they're going to go with a Grey Cup and win it, <laughs> at least not this year. But yeah. build it for next year, the year after that. And Johnny Manziel knows he's got two years, two years in the league before he can try to make another attempt at the NFL. So Johnny Manziel, you just got to make the most out of it, man. Yeah, you have to. And I think that he will. I think that it just takes some time for him to get used to the system because it's the rule book in CFL and, and the way they play the game is completely different from the NFL. So he has to kind of adapt to that style of play and that system. And I think he's doing that. I think that you see that there was some progression from week one to week two. And also, I mean, he had just gotten on the team as well in week one. So he didn't have the com chemistry he had with the wide receivers and things of that nature. So that will come in time. I think that he will be a good quarterback in the CFL. And hopefully he does come back here to the United States and play for the NFL. But um, we'll see how well he can play in the CFL and see if he can, you know, pique the interest of some scouts up there in the CFL. So we'll see what happens. But um, hopefully Johnny Menzel will get back into the swing of things and become Johnny Football once again. Now we are talking about college football. It starts in less than two weeks. Well, about, a little more than two weeks, about August 30th, August 31st. Is it 31 days? I don't know. But it's August 30th, and 
then September, that Labor Day weekend, basically. That's when college football is expected to start. But it's close, though. But, yeah, it's almost here. Uh, right now, a lot of people are talking about all the off-field stuff in college football right now with what's going on with the University of Maryland. Bob Pierce will talk about that later. Yep. And, of course, what's going on at Ohio State with Urban Meyer. But, Dylan, right now on the field, uh, Alabama, of course, no surprise, ranked number one in the coaches' preseason poll. Clemson, number two. Ohio State, as of right now, is number three. Georgia, number four. Oklahoma's number five. Those are your top teams ranked. Uh, my Texas Longhorns are coming in ranked 21. And Dylan, UCF, coming in at 23. Wow. So they're actually in the top 25. Now, this is the I preseason. Praise. You know, we have to wait after a couple weeks in the season. But pretty exciting that UCF, who claim to be the national champions, <laughs> yeah. are in the preseason pool. So that that's good for them, though. But Dylan, uh, give us some info on anything about your hard top, rocky top, the Tennessee how are things going up there? We are just preparing for the West Virginia Mountaineers uh, for week one. So we get to see an old foe and the former quarterback from Florida, Mr. Will Greer. So they, they've been really excited about that game coming up. Uh, I think it's a, a huge game for the Volunteers. And we have a really, really busy schedule for the first six weeks of the season. Um, a very hard schedule to overcome. But again, it's our first year at, with a new head coach. Um, I, I think that Jeremy Pruitt's doing a great job so far. Everyone seems to enjoy his coaching style. And there was actually a, an Alabama lineman who has come to Tennessee because Jeremy Pruitt is there in Tennessee now. And he said that the the feel is just as good as it was in Alabama in Tennessee. So it looks as though it'll be a good season for us. However, we just have to wait and see what happens on the field. Um, you know, you can say things about your team saying, oh, they look great. Oh, we feel great. You know, but then once you start getting stacked up against competition like West Virginia, like Alabama, like Florida, um, that's when you actually have a measuring stick on what your season success will be. And that's what we're looking forward to. So um, in about two weeks, we will be seeing some college football um, on our television sets. And um, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, Dylan, my Texas Longhorns, we open up the season against Maryland, the Terps, on the road, so that's pretty exciting. Or we might be at home. I'll have to check the schedule on that. But, all right, we'll be in Maryland. At, or not Maryland, but FedEx Field, not their stadium. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Ohio State plays Oregon. UCF, Dylan, the Knights will open up on Thursday, August 30th. They will be taking on UConn. And then, of course, you have, as you mentioned, Tennessee against West Virginia. That's going to be a big game. Washington, the Huskies, going to play Auburn in Atlanta. That's going to be interesting as well. And then, of course, you're also going to have some other big games coming up. Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, the Florida Gators are playing Charleston Southern. And, of course, you got Louisville, Alabama, right down the road, Dylan, here at the Camping World Stadium. So that's going to be very exciting as well as we get college football coming right back up in a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll see if Louisville can actually be as successful as they were when Lamar Jackson was there, but... I don't think it will be, but I mean, hey, maybe Dylan, they have another quarterback in the I'm arsenal. A lot of crimson colors that weekend. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> maybe I, well, my friend Scarlett might come down because she she went to Alabama, diehard Alabama fan. So, man, a lot, I'm, I'm going to see a lot of crimson. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. Anyway, uh, let's move on to some basketball news. Carmelo Anthony got traded to the Atlanta Hawks, then got waived. And then he signed a vet minimum deal with the Houston Rockets. And the Hawks gave Carmelo a parting gift as well. Can you give us some more details on that, JT? 
Yeah, so Carmelo is crazy. He gets all that money from Oklahoma City, the Thunder, that's $27 million. So he gets all that, got traded to the Hawks, then they waived, they put him on waivers. Once he cleared waivers, he was basically released, and then he signed with the uh, Houston Rockets, which is a big deal, and I think he's going to improve that team mightily with the Rockets. Not only that, the Atlanta Hawks, still, and they decide, okay, Carmelo, you didn't play for us, but we're going to send you a jersey anyway. So they sent him, because it was blown up all over Twitter, they sent him an Atlanta Hawks jersey, number 15, Anthony on the back. And I just cracked up laughing, because I'm like, wow, so Anthony is going to tell his kids, hey, I got an Atlanta Hawks jersey. I never played for them, but they sent me a jersey, so it still counts. Jeez. So I thought that was funny. That is funny. Um, yeah, it, it's like the, you know, what you could have had. Here's a jersey from the Atlanta Hawks. Now, Carmelo would have done a great job with the Atlanta Hawks. He would have actually improved that team a lot because they were kind of around the same um, record as the Orlando Magic last yeah, year. Yeah, Atlanta really struggled last year. Yeah, both teams really struggled. But um, Carmelo on the Houston, on Houston Rockets, I mean, that's a huge move for him. That's probably the, one of the most successful teams he's been on. Um, in his career, so he might get a ring soon. I wouldn't mind. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, doubt that he would be in the competition to get a ring with the Houston Rockets because I mean they're going to be one of the top teams in the West anyway. Um, but do you see them having a chance with Carmelo Anthony now in the West to get through the championship to go to uh, the finals? They definitely got a chance, Dylan. The question is, I mean, against we just saw this past season they had Golden State on the ropes. They had it, and they let it slip away, Dylan. So, lucky for Houston, even though they lost Ariza, they lost Mbuamute, they still kept, you know, the most important ones. Chris Paul, they got Capella still. You got, of course, James Harden, and now you're bringing Carmelo Anthony. So, that's going to definitely help. Can they get past the Warriors? Can they get past LeBron James and the Lakers? So, there's no doubt the the Rockets are going to be the winning the Southwest Division, even though that pains me as a Spurs fan, but... It, Sorry, guys. We, we lost Parker. We lost Kawhi Leonard now. We, we're not going to compete against the Rockets. So the Rockets, I think Dylan are going to do better. I don't know if they're going to go to the championship, but we'll see. If they play the Warriors again and the Warriors are banged up, they definitely got a chance. But I still think it's going to be either the Warriors or maybe the Lakers because LeBron James gets the team to the final every year. So I don't even, I mean, out. has Vegas even given odds that the Lakers will actually make it into the playoffs this year? I think they. I can't remember the odds on top of my head, Dylan, but I'm pretty sure they'll make the playoffs. They're I not, think at most they said just wild card. They're I don't not even gonna, think they're gonna. They're not gonna like go far. I'm no, expecting. No, but, no. But they'll at least get to the playoffs. And the Lakers haven't been there in five years, so they'll be okay with that. That'd be huge for them. Uh, speaking of making for long to get to the playoffs, our, our beloved Orlando Magic, the NBA announced earlier last week that they're been selected to play two games in Mexico. This upcoming season. So this is going to be very interesting. Uh, Bob Peters will share his thoughts about that later on. But I thought that was interesting. Not only that, Dylan, the Orlando Magic, because this is their 30th anniversary this upcoming season, they're going to be wearing uh, the famous pinstripe jerseys with the dark blue trim. It's going to go back old school where it says Orlando, but instead of the A, it has a star there. So classic. Like, you know, the Penny Hardaway days. Yeah, back in those yeah, days. yeah, yeah. So that's going to be really neat for the Orlando Magic. So I know a lot of fans in Orlando are very excited about that and hope for the best for this new season with Steve Clifford as the coach. Hopefully hopefully something happens good for the Orlando Magic. They they need something to happen good for this city, especially with the franchise being in uh, shambles the past few years. So 
Hopefully Steve Clifford can actually do something for us. That'd be fantastic, but we'll just have to wait and see. I'm not getting my hopes up, though. I'll try not to either, Dylan, but at least we have some basketball to watch, so it'll be fun. We'll see what happens with the Orlando Magic this upcoming season. Now, Dylan, the NBA released its schedule for the rest of the season uh, this past week, and, of course, they got a lot of big games. Christmas Day game, Lakers against the Warriors, that's a pretty big deal. Huge. Uh, Kawhi Leonard makes his return to the San Antonio to the San Antonio in January when the Raptors play the Spurs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what reception he gets. I don't think it's going to be very like cheerful, but you know, I think the Spurs are happy that you know we moved him on. We got something for him because we knew if we waited, we weren't going to get anything for him. So the fact that we got Demar Derozan, who I know has been kind of up and down in his career lately, but it's still a good move for Pop. We got to get younger. And we're getting young players, a lot of t- players that we got on the G League team, the Austin Spurs, that won the G League title this past year. They're going to be on that team now because Spurs got to get younger, get those players developed. And, you know, as long as Popovich is there, I think the Spurs are going to do okay. Now, the other big game they got is the Celtics and the Lakers, which now that rivalry is even bigger now, Dylan. That's going to be a huge game. Kyrie Irving still with the, the Celtics, and now LeBron with the Lakers. Will Kyrie stay with the Celtics, though, you think? Yeah, he stayed with them, at least... For his upcoming season. Well, the upcoming season, yes. But after this season, I mean, do you think... That I don't like, know, Dylan. That's the billion-dollar question. Well, it's kind of like what Kawhi Leonard might be doing, too, as well. I mean, yeah, he'll probably move from Toronto. Yeah, 2019 agency, man. I don't think he's going to be with Toronto after this season. Well, I don't think Kawhi's staying in Toronto. He doesn't want to stay in Toronto. He doesn't. But it's an awful to, market but for, he has for basketball. It, yeah. Well, I don't know about basketball. I mean, Toronto, you know, the the, the fans, they, they like the basketball there. It's just Toronto, just, just they've been inconsistent. They can't be the Cavaliers. No. It's not a big market. It's it's just not a big market. I mean, it's for not him. As big no, as, it's not. Yeah, for him, no, it's not. For Canada, it's a big market. Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, but yeah. but uh, for Kawhi Leonard, no, he wants to go to L.A. And I expect after this upcoming season, he's going to find a way to L.A. It's yeah. going to happen. It's going to happen. Which I mean, it might be even better for the sport if it happens. Yeah, I mean the Lakers. I mean they've been a laughing stock. But look, let's face it, like the New York Knicks. The, M- the Lakers have that history, the championships. You know, it's the, the Showtime Lakers now with those jerseys. So the Lakers, they got to bounce back, Dylan. Even though I'm a Spurs fan, I hate the Lakers. Look, I, it was always fun when we played the Lakers in the playoffs. My friend Frank Perez at work, uh, he always gives me a hard time. I mean, remember when I, on Instagram I posted that picture about Kawhi Leonard when he got traded? Yeah. The first thing he said was, Derek Fisher, the shot, boy, four seconds. I'm like, <laughs> Frank, you have to keep reminding me of that. I watched that game. I couldn't sleep that night, man. Yeah, I yeah. was having nightmares. So, uh, bad, bad times. But yes, you know the Lakers, they're like the villain in the NBA, like the Yankees in baseball. You just gotta watch because everyone wants to beat them. Yeah, there's a reason why everybody in the, no matter what sport it is, if there's an LA team, we say BLA. Beat L.A. because everyone hates L.A. You'll beat the Clippers, though. So, I mean, no, that's, I mean <laughs> the Clippers don't count. <laughs> I mean, but still, it is an L.A. team. You will beat the Clippers, I promise. Um, so, let's move on to some hockey, NHL news. The Washington Capitals locked up your boy Tom Wilson on a six-year, $31 million deal. I know, Dylan. I'm very excited. He's one of our uh, top fours with the Ovechkin line there. So, I'm happy that he got the contract extension. And the Capitals, like I said, we didn't make a lot of big moves in free agency. We've been focused on keeping our young players, keeping players that we want that are on the championship team because we want to make another run. So Tom Wilson locking him up is huge. Uh, I am a little worried, though, because 
he's not sure he's going to change his style of play under the new coach, uh, Todd Reardon, as far as being physical and knocking players out of the park. But I think Tom Wilson, you know, he's going to do really well, and he's going to be a capital for at least the next six years. So that's great for us. Uh, Dylan, your Preds, they locked up restricted free agent uh, Salamaki on a two-year deal. I know it's very important for you guys, especially all the news that's going on with uh, what was Austin, Austin, Watson. Austin Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Mika Salamaki is not the best player. Um, he is a physical player. He is a good defensive player. He's not really good offensively. I, I was hoping that we would find someone else to add to the team, to add some depth. Although we do have Tolvin and we have a lot of other players too. We have a lot of role players. And, and Mika is good on the fourth line. He does add that physical dominant presence to our team. Although we still need a bruiser. We still need a big guy like Cody McLeod to come in to be our bruiser. Like a Tom Wilson. Um, you know, we just need somebody who has a physical presence. And Mika can do all he can, but he's just a very, he's a small guy uh, compared to the other players that we have. So um, it'd be better if we had a bigger guy. Hopefully we do bring in um, an enforcer soon. But again, uh, Salamaki has done well for us. Maybe not in the goal scoring category, but he has done well in the role capacity of um, defensively. A defensive player, so he's been doing pretty well. So Jerome Iginla, he actually retired from the NHL after 20 seasons in the league. Fantastic career, um, and we wish him the best in his retirement. I'm sure he'll do some great things um, past the NHL, and he'll probably still be involved with the league as well too. But um, 20 years, just I, 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 it's it's crazy to see some of these players that have been in the league so long um, as staples in the league for so long, and then they. Um, finally retired, especially 20 years. That's a long career. Yeah, Jerome McGillan, I remember watching him when he was with uh, the Calgary Flames, and they made that Stanley Cup run back in 2004 when they played the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they were beating teams like the Detroit Red Wings and all these teams to get to the Stanley Cup final that year. And that was the closest he got to getting a cup. And then after a few more years in Calgary, he went to Boston and he went to Colorado and uh, a few other teams before he retired. He went to Calgary to return as a flame and retire. So that's great for him. But, yeah, I wish Jerome McGillan the best of luck. And hopefully we'll get to see him in the league in some capacity, whether a coach or coaching the, in, the, in the minor leagues, you know, or doing something in the league office for the NHL. I'm sure he's going to do good things uh, on his retirement. Now, Dylan, uh, the Buffalo Sabres had made a trade with the Carolina Hurricanes, and this was blown up all over social media because they acquired Jeff Skinner from the Carolina Hurricanes. He's a three-time 30-goal scorer for that team. He'd been on the team for quite some time, but Carolina felt they weren't confident to resign him because he only has one year left in his deal. So they traded him to Buffalo, and Buffalo, they didn't have to give a first-round pick. They didn't give him any stars or anything. They just gave him basically a bag of peanuts. You know, they gave him, <laughs> they gave up uh, Cliff Pugh, who's a, a prospect, and then they gave up three like late round, uh, second, third, fourth round picks or whatever. But, yeah, not a lot, a lot. And he's going to help uh, Jack Eichel a lot for that uh, offense for Buffalo because they got to get some goals. Yeah, they do. Definitely so. I, I think that um, Buffalo will do better with Jeff Skinner on the team. I think that Phil Housley was ecstatic to get Jeff Skinner from the Carolina Hurricanes, especially for the price they paid for him. But the Carolina Hurricanes, man, they are just – in shambles. I mean, they, they are just not a good franchise right now. Um, the person who purchased the Carolina Hurricanes, we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago, um, he actually sent his his scouts to Russia and things of that nature 
Um, and when they came back from Russia, he said, oh, actually, the cell phone charges you guys had, the cell phone bill, yeah, you guys are paying that. I'm not paying that. You guys are. So things like that are happening in Carolina. He is just not the best owner when it comes to Carolina, but there has been speculation that there is a team wanting to go to Houston um, in, the, in the NHL, and he's from Houston. The owner is, the Hurricanes owner. Um, so it sounds like he's doing these things to move his team from Carolina to Houston sometime in the future. And I think that's what's happening. Um, and there's been a lot of speculation of that it, kind of thing happening with that team. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few seasons with the Carolina Hurricanes to see if that team actually stays afloat. Um, they might even take take over the position from the Coyotes as one of the worst teams in the NHL, which they already are. But, I mean, I was thinking you couldn't get much worse than you were, but <laughs> apparently you can. And that's what just happened with this Jeff Skinner acquisition for um, Buffalo Sabres. Man, oh, man. Not looking good in Raleigh, North Carolina. All right, Dylan, let's start, focus close to home as our Orlando Solar Bears have apparently gone independence because their affiliate team that they were associated with, the Toronto Maple Leafs, have said, we're ending our affiliation with the Orlando Solar Bears and we are assigned with the Newfoundland and Growlers, which is a new expansion team in Atlantic Canada that's going to be playing the ECHL this upcoming season. So Orlando, they're not affiliated with an AHL team or a professional team in the NHL, but Dylan, I believe you do have a suggestion for an NHL team they should partner up with. I do. Um, There was a team, the Norfolk Admirals was the team, that was the ECHL affiliate for the Nashville Predators. However, we did end that agreement with them last season. We were only with them for like half a season. I don't know what happened with that um, contract. Anyway, so now the Nashville Predators are looking for an ECHL affiliate. And I tell you here on Out of Bounds with Dylan James that the Nashville Predators should be the NHL affiliate for the Orlando Solar Bears. I, th- I think it'll j- drive fans to the games for Orlando Solar Bears. It'll also j- drive revenue for the team here. And we actually will have good prospects here in Orlando to watch and watch their ascension to my favorite team in the NHL. I think it'll be a win-win for everybody. I think the National Predators should just jump on it. I have I've heard that there are there's already an agreement in place with an affiliate. They just haven't announced it yet. They've just been kind of keeping it close to the cuff. I don't the cuff. I don't know why, um, but something's happening to where they're just talking out the final legality issues. Um, but if the Nashville Predators are the affiliate of the Orlando Solar Bears, I Dylan James will probably be a season ticket holder for the Orlando Solar Bears because that would just be. Um, a match made in heaven, in my opinion. So, Orlando, make it happen. The National Predators be your affiliate, and um, I'll be a very happy camper. All right. I hope you got that, Orlando Solo Bears. Yeah. You might want to send a message, a DM on, on Twitter. I will, definitely so. Um, so now it's time for JT's favorite segment of the week, and it's JT's football recap of the week. JT, the microphone is all yours. Thanks, Dylan. All right, guys, and as always, Out of Bounds, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And for my weekend recap, of course, the Premier League, guys, it's back. And we had some great games this past weekend. Liverpool won their game today against West Ham United 4-0. Manchester United defeated Leicester City in their opener. A big win, and of course, Paul Pogba, who helped France win the World Cup, 
scored on a penalty. And he's now captaining Manchester United, so that's very exciting. Man City absolutely crushed Arsenal 2 0. <coughs> Excuse me. Mes- <coughs> Can't talk right now. Mesut Ozil didn't look good, and Peter Cech had a, a rough day today. Uh, Paris Saint Germain with Neymar. Uh, did not flop in this game as they defeated Khan 3-0 in their opener. And then Barcelona won the Spanish Super Cup, beating Sevilla 2-1. And Bayern Munich won the German Super Cup, beating Eintracht Frankfurt 5-0. So, very exciting weekend recap in European football. For Orlando City, Dylan, last time we were on the show, they finally snapped that epic nine-game losing streak. And we really thought, Dylan, they were going to turn around. Right? No, it did not happen. So, Orlando had a rough outing. They lost in the Open Cup quarterfinals against the Philadelphia Union. And then they had to play against Columbus Crew, where they were winning that game. Then they had a controversial uh, penalty giveaway. And then Will Trapp scores for them to win that game 3-2 late. And then we played New York City FC, lost at home 2-0. And then we had to go to Los Angeles. Or as you say, Dylan, Slot Angeles. And, <laughs> I like that. And Orlando City, Dylan, we were up three times in that game against the LA Galaxy. And then, Dylan, your boy, Slaton, came and literally, no pun intended, Slaton Orlando City because he got a hat trick in that game. And we lost 4 3 to the LA Galaxy. And then last week, we played New England at home. And we were losing that game. Got a last second goal in stoppage time to get a 3 3 draw in that game. So right now, Orlando City trying to stop the bleeding. We're still in the playoff spot. We Not playoff spot, but six points out of the playoffs. But Orlando City's got to get going because time is running out. We are playing right now against D.C. United at Audi Field, which is the new stadium up in Washington. And it's 0-0 as we speak. But we'll see, here, Dylan, if Orlando City can finally turn it around. On their new coach, at least it's improving. But the question is, Dylan, will our ownership be patient and give uh, James O'Connor enough time? We'll find out at season's end. Now, Dylan, for the ladies, Orlando Pride, they are coming off two draws. They had a draw against Seattle Reign, 1-1, and then against Sky Blue FC, who's the worst team in NWSL right now. They can only muster a 2-2 draw, and Sky Blue got a red card in their last game, and Orlando City dropped points, and then, of course, a few days ago, they played the Portland Thorns uh, last night, not a few days ago, last night, and they lost at home 2-0, 2-0. So now... Orlando Pride's holding on to that final playoff spot in the NWSL with three games remaining. And we got a big game, Dylan, against North Carolina Courage this week. We'll see the ladies can get it done. Now on to some soccer news. Soccer news. Alfonso Davies, who plays for the Vancouver Whitecaps, just signed a contract with FC Bayern München up in Germany in the Bundesliga. Uh, it's around 20 mil, a lot of money for the 17-year-old. Now, he's not going to start there until January. So he'll finish this season in MLS with Vancouver, and then in January he moves over to Germany. Um, we have some news in Chattanooga, Tennessee, as apparently that's going to be the next edition of Soccer Wars, as we already have one team, an amateur team, the Chattanooga FC, who's got 10 years in that MPSL league, got a lot of history, play at Finley Stadium, home of the Chattanooga Mocs. And now we, they're getting an expansion team in the USL, which is going to be a Division Three league that's going to start next season. Now, question is, are they going to share the stadium and figure that all out? But it's just a lot of drama at Chattanooga. I'll keep you guys posted on that next week. 
And then the other big news, Dylan, is the U.S. men's national team, as we still don't have a coach yet. We got a GM, but not a coach. They're still figuring that out. But they announced some friendlies for the fall. So on September 7th, they're going to play Brazil in New Jersey. Then on September 11th, Dylan, they're going to go to Nashville oh. to play Mexico in Nashville. Interesting. So at Nissan Stadium. So that's going to be very exciting up there in Nashville. Then on October 11th, Dylan, the U.S. Men's National Team will be down the road from us in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium as they take on Colombia. So that's going to be a big game in October. Then in November, they got their last two friendlies in England against the English national team. And then they'll be taking on Italy in Italy. So on November 20th. So very exciting for the U.S. Men's National Team there. Games to watch this week, Dylan. Of course, you got the UEFA Champions League qualifiers in the third round. Celtic got a 1-1 draw against AAK Athens. Can they knock them out in the second leg in advance to the playoff round? We'll find out by the end of this week. And then my other two big games you should keep an eye on this week, Dylan. We'll still be on the weekend. Chelsea against Arsenal. That's on August 18th at the 12:30. Big game there as Sarri tries to get things going. And Arsenal trying to bounce back from a loss. And then the other big game, Dylan, is... The debut of Serie A, Cristiano Ronaldo, will make his debut as his team Juventus, who will be taking on Chievo Viona. It's going to be at 12 p.m. on ESPN+. And that will conclude, guys, my football recap of the week. Heading into miscellaneous news, the Vegas Golden Knights and the U.S. Army have finally settled the trademark issue. They have now a coexistence contract between the two entities, and they say now that the Vegas Golden Knights can use that name and sell merchandise, things of that nature, and they will allow the Army, um, their parachute team, the Golden Knights, to keep their name as well. So now they both can go about their lives um, and be happy with their names because they will keep the same name they wanted. Um, the NBA and the WNBA actually agreed to a $25 million gambling partnership with MGM. Any more details on that, JT? It's a unique partnership, Dylan, and... I mean, for the NBA, they always got stuff going on in Vegas. So, I mean, them getting the money, that's going to be a big deal. And the NBA's been very, you know, pro of players gambling, things like that, unlike other leagues like baseball, which you can understand why. And the WNBA, of course, they have a, t- a, t- a team in Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces. So it, it makes perfect sense, Dylan. Uh, in the Arena Football League, the Washington Valor, who were owned by Ted Leonsis, played the Baltimore Brigade a few weeks ago who was also owned by Ted Leonis, and his team still won, even though the Washington Valor had the worst record in the Arena Football League. They only have four teams. And they went 2-10, and ten, and he said they're going to put a championship banner in the Verizon Center for the Washington Valor. So I guess you can win either way, right? So there you go. Dylan, your boy, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods today, 100th he, PGA Championship, and he actually battled in that one. He was actually in the top three. Um, Lee, going into the afternoon, he went to the 17th hole, had a few troubles there, um, and finally made it to the end. He actually, I believe he ended 14 under par. Um, so he got second place in the tournament, uh, which is fantastic for Tiger. That's probably the best finish he's had, um, at a major in several years. It's been since like what, 2000. Seven or something like that. Yeah, it's really been long a long time, but it's been a while. I mean, he was really close a few weeks before that at the Open. Like he had to leave and he let slip, but he was still in it. And that's been a long time since we've seen Tiger that close. So I think Dylan, within the next maybe year or two, I think he's going to get that fifteenth major that he's been so desperate trying to, to get. 
And ratings are actually going out the roof now oh, for yeah. these PGA We just saw that crowd. Too. We came earlier. We were watching massive. some of the – they were getting excited. Yeah, massive. It's like a so, football I mean, game out it, there. It's good to see Tiger back in form. Hopefully he does continue to progress, and hopefully he does play at a high level um, coming up into these next few tournaments and, and maybe next year in the Masters. Who knows? He might have one, a really good shot of, of winning the Masters once again, winning that green jacket again. So we'll see what happens there. All right, Dylan, and it's a quick baseball update. Uh, Dylan, your Atlanta Braves, they are currently leading the National League East over the Phillies. Which is fantastic. And they won their game today. They beat the, the Brewers 8-7. So I know you're very excited about that as baseball. We're getting down to the playoff push, guys. The Braves, the Phillies, the Chicago Cubs, the Brewers, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and Dodgers, and the Rockies all battling out in the National League and in the American League. The Boston Red Sox. Nine to one, they're running away with it. Crushing the AL East, crushing it. The Yankees doing really well, of course, as always. The Cleveland Indians, they're going to win the Central again. And then in the AL Wild Wild West, you got the Houston Astros, who are on a four-game losing streak, trying to hang on to the AL West lead. The Oakland A's are catching up; they're only two and a half back. And of course, the Seattle Mariners, they're four games back, but they're a lot closer in the wild card standings. So. Yeah, Dylan, baseball getting down the wire as we got the playoffs starting in a couple months. Yeah, I'll start in a couple months, and I'm, I, I usually start watching baseball um, very much closer when it comes to playoff time, and it's so much fun. The play-in game, the wild card game going into the playoffs is usually very, very uh, fun to watch. So I can't wait to see what happens. It looks like it is heating up in the Braves. Once again, they're getting back to their winning ways like they did in the 90s, so hopefully – they can keep this going, and, and they have a full head of steam right now heading into the, the final stretch of the season. So let's see if they keep it strong, and let's see if they actually make it to the playoffs this year. So on the show with us now, we have Uncle Bobby. He hasn't been on the show for a while, but hey, he's back, and we are excited to have him. So Uncle Bobby, thanks for gracing us with your presence here in the studio once again. Well, again, it's an honor to be back, but of course, we were running late which I don't like because I'm old. There like were some technical time. difficulties, okay? That's the always the same slogan everybody uses. I, technical difficulties. I am going to say it was my fault, okay? I am going to take credit for the technical difficulties of the show this evening. Yeah, that's only for the second half of the show. You won't say it for the first half because you'll just be everything's cool. Everything will be cool by that point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like we're wearing my DJ headphones. Yeah, we're we're, <laughs> yeah. we're going backwards a little bit with the show. But, okay, well, it's not uh, my because fault. Uncle Bobby has other things to do besides just sit here and talk. That's to right. Yeah. When you get old like me, you all understand. He's talk got to twenty-seven-year-olds. Yeah, he does. No, there's no date. I'm sorry. I still got two years in this decade to go. So <laughs> you're still doing that. Well, I don't know. It may not happen, but I wait mean, for the decade. What yeah, year? The decade what date? date? A decade. That's right. That's the way I'm safe. We're trying to figure it out. He actually did have one lined up, and we haven't talked about this at all on the show. He had one lined up, but then it fell through. Right. What happened? Why did it fall through? Because she never called me back to set up the date. Oh, so it was on her. It, it, it well, I don't know. It may, it may not have been. You know, it could have been. It could have been a scam. I mean, you know, there's it scams for dating too. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's just that's the way life is. Anyway, so let's go to Uncle Bobby's scam alert. And yeah. So, like I said, since I'm late in the show, I don't know if you guys are covering this, but the the whole thing is with now with Maryland with the head coach being. Uh, DJ placed Durkin. on administrative leave, um, and they're talking about basically how there's the locker room treating the players. Uh, they did have that death of the player uh, back in June, so now the family is involved in that. Uh, kind of reminds me of what happened with the Vikings, uh, Corey Stringer, when he was uh, passed away after having a major heat stroke on the field. 
Uh, don't know the full story on the uh, player for the Terps. But anyway, I just don't know how long this is going to keep happening because if the coaches are causing issues on the field, on the locker room, uh, things like that, I don't know how it's going to keep happening and nobody catches it early. So I don't know how you guys feel, but I just don't see how this can keep happening, especially with the NCAA. Well, it's definitely different than what's going on at Ohio State with Urban Meyer. Different, but right? Coaches getting, you know, paid leave and investigating from these big schools. You know, it's not a good look for college football right now. Definitely not. It's not. No, and I, I think that they have to address it um, at some point or another. I think they try to, but it's just one of those things that story after story after story come out in the in college football world, and it's just too much for them to control all at once. So um, these things like the heat stroke and, and also just player, you know, things off the field and things of that nature, they just need to try to rein it in, and it's just hard to. It's hard to control all the schools that are involved in NCAA sports. So we'll see if it turns um, to better product, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it just kind of what, – what would you suggest, Bobby, for them to do to – Make sure these things don't happen. Well, I mean, okay, like, for instance, when I was in the uh, in the military, it's different, but when I was in the military, you knew they were going to yell at you, you know, they really couldn't touch you. But if they went overboard, then you were supposed to report it. Uh, but this is back in the 70s. That shows you how old I am. But <laughs> nowadays, I don't know why it's still happening if it is. That's what I don't understand. Um, the, the instance with UCF, when that player passed away, it was different because he had a heart condition, which you have happened from time to time. These players, I don't know how if they check them out properly to see if they have an enlarged heart, things like that. So I don't know for sure if they ever got down to the final, uh, you know, reason why the player passed away back in June for the Maryland. But I still don't know if the guy, why he's still coaching, if that was an issue to begin with, you know. So, like I said, I just don't know. I just well, don't know. And, and also, I mean, you look at it, too. For enlarged heart and things of that nature, I mean, when do they actually check that in physicals? They don't check it in physicals and things of that nature. So I don't know what, where, when and where they could actually figure out if this person has an ailment that they don't know about yet, right. where it could affect them on the football field. It could affect them when they're practicing out in the heat and things of that nature. So, I mean, the best thing to do is to either, A, check every single person for this type of heart disease and, or enlarged heart, things of that nature. Right. Um, check them first, which, I mean, that's probably going to be costly for colleges. Or you hydrate properly. I mean, that, that's another thing, too, is that with the heat and things of that nature, it, it's you have to keep hydrated out in the field. And, um, you know, it, it, it leads to complications with the heart and with the brain and all that kind of stuff once you get overheated. So, I mean, just staying hydrated is a, is a good thing to do. It's a step in the right direction, but um, just further tests, I guess, need to be done right. for these players to be ensured that they're not going to have problems when they're playing this sport. Yeah, it'd be like from when I went in the military. I mean, they did a full physical. There was nothing. You know, They, they don't want you to even have a hangnail, basically, if, you know, if it's going to cause an issue when you go in. So you think for athletics, especially at the college level, um, I don't know if they do the same as pros for checking the players, but the pros really check to make sure you had no prior injuries, things like that. So, yeah, I just don't know what's going to be done. But I just feel bad that that player had to pass away like he did. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. So we'll see if the coach still keeps his job within a week or two, you know. Yeah. So. All right. Let's move on to winners and losers. JT, I'll start with you first. 
All right, guys. So my winner this week is ESPN Plus. As ESPN Plus, they have picked up the Serie A for uh, soccer in Italy. Of course, as you heard, Bob, Cristiano Ronaldo had just moved to Juventus from Real Madrid. So he's going to be on TV now where everyone can get to watch him play. Um, he was with Real Madrid, and they were on BN Sports. So BN Sports doesn't have much access as ESPN Plus does. And they'll have some games on ESPN2 as well. So that's good. They also picked up the Chinese Super League, the Eredivisie, and uh, Australian, uh, uh, the A-League. So that's pretty good for them. So ESPN Plus is my winner this week. My loser this week, Dylan, is going to be EA Sports. Because last week, it was blowing up all over social media about they decided to censor Colin Kaepernick on everything. Not just the lyrics. But I saw on Twitter that some people were playing with Colin Kaepernick in some of the older Madden games, and they had him, like, centered out, like a big giant block. Like, you can't see him at all. I'm like, what? So EA Sports was trying to say, oh, we didn't intend to do it. It just was a glitch in the system, and we'll do an update and fix it. Yeah, right, EA Sports. I'm not buying that. I'm pretty sure the NFL gave you some money for that. But whatever you say, man, whatever you say. They're still making money at the end of the day. That's true, too. Madden just came out, so make that money. Antonio Brown, watch out. <laughs> Jeez. All right, uh, Uncle Bobby. Okay, so my winner. This is a. I think this is the best one I've had so far on the Ooh. short since I've been on here. But I always try to find the best stories, and Ooh. this one really was a good one. I found. I like uh, this. Basically, it's an Atlanta Braves fan. He's only four years old. Okay. Um, his name is Austin Perrin. And what they did was they honored him as a community hero at one of the games. Gave him a nice shirt, name on it, gave him a nice cape. He had like almost like a Thor anvil hammer. And the reason why they honor him because he feeds the homeless. Oh, okay. And basically he feeds them chicken sandwiches. Yeah. And From Chick-fil-A? Motto, I don't think so because okay. they were like, I think they, he makes them. But the thing is, his motto is show love. And it was just fun. If you ever, if you can Google the story, I, I, any listener out there wants to see a good story, just Google the, the Atlanta Braves uh, fan, four-year-old fan, um, Austin Perrin, and watch the video, and it's, it's great. And it's fun to see that, especially that young age, because most kids at four years old, they, they don't even think about that. They just think about playing their games, things like that. But this kid is just out there helping people, and I really love it. So he's my winner. Awesome. And who is your loser? Okay, so my loser is Brian France from the NASCAR, uh, the CEO. Uh, he got a DUI uh, also with some uh, drugs uh, after the Watkins Glen race in New York. And another example of a son or sibling taking over after the parents are gone and ruining the sport. They know NASCAR is in trouble. Attendance is down. Uh, they're going to lose their main sponsor, Monster, next year, after next year. Uh, a lot of sponsors are leaving the sport, and they're having major issues with that. So the rumor is they're looking privately to sell NASCAR. I don't know who would buy it, if they break it up or nothing like that. But it reminds me of the Chick-fil-A issue where they've gotten rid of the Chick-fil-A strips, the thin ones I loved. They got rid of the coleslaw, which I loved. Uh, they got rid of the cheaper Chick-fil-A chicken salad sandwich and they brought in this real fancy expensive one that nobody bought so they got rid of that altogether and now they got rid of the cow calendar which i never bought because i don't want to use them but i feel bad they got rid of that for a lot of people that like the calendar the calendar yeah the calendar is what right. people refer to it as the calendar was a great great deal right 
And throughout and, the year, you'd get free stuff from Chick-fil-A. And they changed their reward program now to you have to have points, and they don't have everything on there that you can use the points for. And if what is one re- thing? Uh, aren't, aren't they missing? They're, they're missing the shake. The shake, right? right. The, the, the shake is shake, the big thing that they're missing. Right. Yeah. It'd be a small shake, but still, you know. Um, and a shake's a shake. Shake's a shake, right. So I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but I just feel that NASCAR is in trouble, um, and I don't know if he's gonna even going to be back. But it's just sad to see that someone, people that have that power, drive their own car while they're drunk. And I just don't know why they do that. They got money. I don't know what the issue is. But I feel bad that it happened to him because I don't like seeing that happen to anybody. Luckily, nothing, nobody got hurt. But I just think NASCAR is in trouble. And sorry to see that. All right. And that's the one of two companies that the children have ruined the company. Oh, there's more to follow. Don't worry. There always okay. is. Okay. We'll listen to some more companies. Yeah. Next time you're on the show. Anyway, uh, my winner this week is the Los Angeles Laker fans because they got to see LeBron James in Lakers gear for the first time this week. So I know they're amped up. So congratulations to them for landing LeBron James in the first place. And I'm sure they are hoping that they get back to their heyday when when they had Kobe Bryant. And also there was speculation um, that Kobe Bryant might come out of retirement to play, which uh, we talked about a little bit earlier in the show. So... Uh, anyway, good for them, Los Angeles. Uh, you know, you should be happy about that because the Clippers are going nowhere. So, might as well be happy with one team. Then my loser this week is Johnny Menzel and his debut with the Alouettes in the Canadian Football League. It was an atrocious game for Johnny Menzel. I'm a huge Johnny Menzel proponent, but you, you can't do much. You can't say much about him uh, after watching a game like that because he was absolutely awful. And he threw, like, what, three interceptions in the first, first four, half? Four. Four interceptions. Four interceptions in the first in half. Total, yeah. Great number. Great number. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on to final thoughts, Uncle Bobby. I'll start with you first. All right. So my final thought is now I'm hearing that the Orlando Magic are going to be playing a game or two games in Mexico City. I don't know why they're going there. The air quality is so bad. They have to bring their own water. So I don't know what the league's thinking. I know they're trying to branch out the, I guess, the appeal because I know they're going to be going over and playing over in um, uh, Europe, right? And Asia or is Asia? Where are they going next? They want to play somewhere overseas. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> One of those so, places. Right. But I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But I just think that it's just funny that they're going to go down to Mexico. I know they've been there before. Uh, the Spurs went there, but. Uh, they haven't won a championship since, so you know. I just feel. And bad. also, the NFL has gone there too. Yeah, but they, but they several been back times. In a while, you know, I think the Patriots were there last time in Mexico City. I think and they had baseball. A game. They're going to I think London next year. So yeah, that's just very the strange. I know. Sports I know. Everywhere. Again, I know. a lot of these sports they're like the National Football League. So are we going to change the name to International Football League? One of these world days, football league. The, the <laughs> well, world football league. But it's always been like the NFL Super Bowl. They call them the world. The champions, world champions, exactly. They're not. they're not. I mean, you know. But you, th- you, this is the one country that actually plays this sport, uh, you know, competitively. But why the Magic going? They couldn't get nobody else to go. I guess not. Okay. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, I, so I just think it's funny that we're going that the Magic are going there, and uh, it's for two games. So is it back to back? Is they even set the schedule yet or no? I I haven't seen it myself. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, so we'll do some research. All right, no problem. You're good. All right, JT. 
All right, guys. So <laughs> that was a little well, delay there. That's fine. That was a little delay. Uh, my final thoughts is going to be a quick shout out to Steve Spurrier and you know making some signings for the Alliance of America Football League for our Orlando team. Uh, they just announced that this past week. So former UCF receiver Rennell Speedy Hall, former UF defensive back Will Hall, defensive tackle Leon Orr, former FSU running back Freddie Stevenson, former Florida A&M receiver Brian Times, and former Miami tight end Stanish Dubard and linebacker Tyreek McCord are part of the signs for the Orlando team that Steve Spurs made so far. There's also been a rumor that Trent Richardson used to play in the NFL that he's talking to the Birmingham, Alabama team to sign with them. So already... This league is scouting, bringing in players have NFL or CFL or other football league, arena football league experience to that. So that's very interesting for Orlando as they get that team all prepped for the season, which begins in February, right after the Super Bowl. But is he recovered from his knee injury? Which player are we talking Trent. about? Trent Richardson? Uh, apparently so. If Birmingham is talking to him, I don't know how effective he's been out of the league for what, two, two three right. years now? Something like that, yeah. So, I don't know how effective it's going to be, but I think a lot of these players who have been free agents in the NFL are looking to the Alliance Football League. Players that are in preseason right now, the ones that get cut, are going to look into this league. I mean, might as well, because I mean, mm-hmm. there are going to be so many eyes on that league when it starts. It's going when to be a media circus okay, with this league. Okay, February, right? Yep. So when do you think training camp will be? It's January? It'll be, well, they're already doing like uh, combines right now. But the training camp won't be until January. end of December, the December beginning of January, January, something like okay. that. Because I was going to say, so if you're a player on a team and you get cut, and then you have a chance to go into a practice squad, would you rather do that or get picked up by? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not the same league, so I don't think there's a rule that you can't be signed with both teams. I think you take a risk and go with the the Alliance of American Football League. Instead. Yeah, the Alliance it's, of the American Football League. It says in their contracts that any player that signs that league, there is an NFL out clause. So if an NFL team wants to pick you up, they'll release you for your contract. No, I'm play. saying before. I, that. I think it'd be better for the player to go to the Atlanta of American Football League instead of signing with a practice squad because with practice squad you're not going to be having um, television time uh, playing with these games. And so, but with the Alliance of American Football League, you're actually going to be seen on television. You're going to have more eyes on you. You're going to have more scouts watching you. So I think there's a better shot of going from that league into the NFL as a perennial, you know, starter or things right. of that nature, or um, instead of, you know, being on a practice squad. Right, but I'm saying, like, during the year, so if are they going to allow you to do both? Because they're not going to compete with the schedule. I don't so, think so. I don't so think they I have to say, do both. Hey, you have to choose I'm one or the other. Squad. Can I sign with the Alliance because my season will be over nope. when you guys start? I just don't know. You know, I don't know. If- I mean, they might have discussions to say, "Hey, I'll join your team once our once this is over with, once right. I'm done with my contract that I'm on with the practice squad or things right. of that nature." But I don't think they can do it at both at the same time. Okay. Because the schedules are going to be very similar. But I'm just okay. So this is the one story about the Alliance League that's going to make me wonder. So you all remember when UCF got the stadium, right? Yes, back from yeah, stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rule was nothing but UCF football, no concerts, no other events there. They broke that with the concerts because they have had some concerts there, and now they're going to have them playing there. So I wonder if there's going to be a backlash because they told the families living around there in the neighborhoods that we'd only have UCF football and that's it. I'm sure there will be. I mean – those families, they even though they were approached by this company saying, "Hey, 
we are going to build a stadium here. We're going to have football games here, but no concerts. I mean, they're still going to be upset. If it's written somewhere, then I think they're going to be even more upset. But if it's not written anywhere, if it was just a verbal agreement, then, I mean, sorry. You went, Did you not think that having that stadium there was going to attract other things there, other football teams or soccer matches or um, concerts, things of that nature? If it's one of the only... It's one of the only big arenas we have, stadiums we have here in Orlando. Right, but I, like I said, I just wonder because also the parking issue there. I mean, you know, most people there are going to school and there's park, not, not enough parking for them. So how are you going to park them for the game? So I haven't heard for sure how they're going to do it. They're going to shuttle them in, you know, something like that. What I would do is I would be, if I were a homeowner there, I would be upset they were having these concerts. Yes, but generate some income. Tell them, hey, you can park in my grass. Ten bucks. Park That's in my right. grass. I'll give you a premium parking spot. That's right, because uh, all the people living around the Super Bowl lost yeah. all that revenue when the yeah. UCF left. You know? Yep. Sounds like when me and Dylan went to the Amway Center for the NCAA tournament last year. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Bob, just to pull up a quick thing, I put up on the Orlando Sentinel an article about that situation we're talking about, mm-hmm. and it's from two months ago. All it says is um, that they reached an agreement but about the stadium usage for that for the team, but the university isn't releasing any details on the arrangement, including the rents, of the league will play, pay, uh, pay the stadium, so use package stadium, any public records, exemptions in state law that allows deals between schools and affiliated private corporations and UCF athletics, all that kind of stuff. All it says that the University Board of Trustees unanimously approved the rental agreement, but they're not disclosing how much the league paid for them to use okay. that stadium. Interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hmm. Like I said, be an entrepreneur and say, hey, if you want to park... Park in right. my park in my grass. Right, ten bucks. Yeah, twenty bucks if you're like you know, within a five minute walk of the stadium. I park right behind my house. Yeah, like downtown Orlando. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Park right behind my house, my backyard. Yeah, <laughs> ten dollar well, parking. My final thought goes out to the listeners. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with us during our crazy schedule we've had over the past few weeks. Hopefully, we are. And I said this last week, last time when we had our show, but I'm going to say it again. Hopefully our schedule gets aligned um, better in the next few weeks so where we actually have a show every single week like we were, ha- were having before. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening and continue to listen to Out of Bounds with Dylan James. You can follow us on Facebook, Out of Bounds with Dylan James, on Twitter, OOB Podcast. You can follow me personally, Dylan underscore James. Um, you can also reach out to me at DylanOutOfBoundsPodcast.com. You can shoot out, uh, shoot me some suggestions, feedback, comments, concerns, things of that nature, because we always want to hear from our loyal fans. JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You can reach me on Twitter at JTSaka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can follow me on Instagram at JTSockerSports. And you can email me at JT at OutOfBalancePodcast.com. Bobby, you don't have a Twitter anymore, do you? That's right, because Still I, no I wasn't hacked, but I was followed by some Life's scary a big people. Scam. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, but I was ha- I was followed by some strange people. I don't know how they got me, and I said the heck with that. And uh, social media is a mess, and it's getting a lot of people in trouble. Um, and I don't be part of it, so no Twitter for me. I'm sorry. That's fine. Yeah, we have you here though. Yeah, they know people know how to get a hold of me. That. Uh, if they want to get a hold of me. Exactly. You can reach out to they JT me or I. They say, I need your help. I say, okay, I'll be there in a minute. You can email JT or I if you have anything to say to Uncle Bobby as well. That's right. Or you'll see me and you'll ask me for help and I'll help you. And that's 
No problem for me. Just he's call a, dispatch. They'll, you'll, you'll they'll find it. He's find at a DVC out. preview center near you, <laughs> dropping you off one day at a time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys, and we will talk to you next week.